0: This week on Honey You Should Watch this. Susan picked Alfred Hitchcock's classic North by Northwest. And I don't really have anything funny or cute to say about this thing because, I mean, let's face it, it's a made-up direction. Roll right, right into it.
1: No. Right.
0: How's that sound? Recording.
1: Are we recording? That's
0: why I said okay. Let's just roll right <laughs> into it. Sorry,
1: I was taking some
0: notes. Apparently, you were taking some notes.
1: Usually, that's not how we do things. I know. I wasn't paying attention.
0: I can go back
1: now that's more fun for the audience uh, it is it is welcome welcome to um another episode of honey you should watch this we are coming up on our 50th episode i think in a couple fiftieth anniversary not our 50th anniversary oh. i know it seems that long but no a little bit no um yeah our 50th an- uh <laughs> our 50th episode should, you're welcome should be soon yeah thanks a lot yeah, this Cheers, is, thanks
0: is this, this is what, 47, 48, something like that.
1: 47, 48, yeah, I'm yeah, about there. Yeah, we, why don't
0: we stop? Hold on, guys, we're going to count real quick.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not.
0: Oh, apparently we're not. <laughs> uh, okay, well, thanks yeah. for tuning in. <laughs> this has been Honey, All You Should right, Watch we This. We should start over. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. It's been a couple weeks. It has been a couple. weeks. We've had weeks. a couple of breaks and yeah, whatnot, and things are still upside down here. So
1: just a little bit, yeah, just a little that's out of right. little out of practice. Just, uh, we'll
0: just,
1: just a tad, little bit. Little all right. Bit.
0: Well, then we'll just start out with why'd you have me watch this?
1: Okay, um, I had you watch this movie um, because um, a I I'm I'm a I like Gary Grant, so I try to watch his movies when I can. Um, obviously it is a very famous film with a very famous scene, um, that has been satirized and parodied over and over and over by very many TV shows and other movies, including Family Guy, including Family Guy, including the Simpsons, including Scrubs. Um, those are just the ones up the top good, of my head. All good shows. All we good should shows. watch them sometime. Um, we have. Um, and, uh, you know, Alfred Hitchcock. So I figured that, you know, it was time we watched it. It's been sitting on my shelf, uh, oh, for well me. over a year. Cause I think I got it, not the, this last Christmas, but the Christmas before then. So made well, you watch it.
0: We had other stuff we did need to watch before this. So it's, it's only fair. Yeah.
1: Okay. Exactly. So what did you expect from this film before you
0: watched it? Not what we saw. Really? Well, this would have been the, I guess, fourth or fifth Hitchcock movie that I'd seen. Mm-hmm. And this is not a Hitchcock movie.
1: It's not a Hitchcock movie. It's not a Hitchcock movie. Explain yourself.
0: Well, um, Alfred Hitchcock did this movie because he was tired of doing what he is known for. I found out after the fact, because I don't like to research the movie before Hanks, I don't want to throw any you know spoilers in there for me he you know when you watch a hitchcock movie there's an element of suspense of terror of um you know it's hitchcock psycho and you know rear view and uh, or rear window and um uh dial in for murder and all that stuff. psycho he, psycho rope. I, I said so psycho oh okay I, that was the first one i said
1: rope um Vertigo, yeah.
0: blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So this he did not want to do that type of movie here. So I was expecting a a, a thriller type situation and basically got what it was. Mm-hmm. They, they call it a mystery movie. There's not much mystery. Spy thriller film. Yeah, is what I I've, mean, I've heard. I'll, I'll go into my opinion of it, but it just, I wasn't yeah. expecting, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting yes. s- like Rebecca, something, you right. know, so there you go.
1: Well, I, I kind of felt the same way because it does, it definitely does not feel like other Hitchcock films. I mean, it has the elements to it, but usually when you, when I think of a Hitchcock film and the Hitchcock films that I have enjoyed um, are usually very tight and controlled, Um, and it's, you know, this has like 10 acts versus, you know, uh, a tight three or four acts as a lot of his other movies do. So it, it was a little bit of a, uh, out of a comfort zone that I expected from, from Hitchcock. It seems kind of weird when I say comfort zone with Hitchcock because he's always known for, for doing the the tense thrillers. Yeah. Um, Damn, pardon me. Yeah, so, he does
0: not wear the comfort waistband Hanes underwear. No, no. no.
1: So, um, I, I, you <laughs> know, <laughs> I think that uh, you know wh- when I, well, I know that when I watched walked away from it, I, I really had to think about it. So when I did my research, I kind of found out why this feels so different, and we we'll, can kind of get into that later.
0: All right, fine. We'll get into it All right. later.
1: So what? So you? That's that's pretty much what you thought of the film. <laughs>
0: no, that's <laughs> not true. No, that's not true. I mean, we'll we'll get into it. you got to do the synopsis first, I think, right?
1: Okay, yeah, I will. And it's because this movie is so complex with lots of twists and turns, I am going to make this date. Uh, It is, uh, again, as we said before, the 1959 American spy thriller film produced and directed by Alfred Hitchcock with a screenplay by Ernest Lehman, who wanted to write the Hitchcock picture to end all Hitchcock pictures. (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, well, I, you know, there's a lot of people that feel differently about this movie. Um, okay, so the story is an American advertising executive named Roger Thornhill must race to save his life after he is mistaken for a U.S. operative named George Kaplan by Russian spies. Through wit, ingenuity, a lot of luck, and sometimes a beautiful blonde named Eve Kendall, sometimes. Thornhill finds himself needing to escape and falling into some very deadly situations. And he must travel northwest to finally confront the enemy and declare his name. The movie stars Cary Grant as Roger Thornhill, Eva Marie Saint as Eve Kendall, James Mason as Philip Van Damme. He's the bad guy, by the way. And Martin Landau as Leonard Van Damme's right-hand
0: man. So so Martin Landau was... The right-hand man to the bad guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I read something about that that I did not catch in the movie. So yeah, when I, when I was like, I, I actually said, Martin Landau was in this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs>
2: so
1: um, one of the things that's a, a very much different um, and off the beaten path for Hitchcock with this movie is a lot of his other movies were based off some other source material. Right, Psycho it was from a novel. Um, Rebecca was from a novel. Um, Vertigo, I believe
0: that was based on the Mel Brooks film, right? High Anxiety, no
1: <laughs> other way around, other way around. I um, know. <laughs> um, I think Vertigo, Vertigo, I think was, yeah, I think Vertigo was like a French novel. Um, Rear uh, Window was a short story, so so there's usually based on something that has a narrative structure in place.
0: Did you say Rear Indo? I said Rear Window. <laughs> haven't you missed me, guys? Window. Haven't you missed me?
1: I haven't. Sorry.
0: <laughs> yeah, we we know that you don't miss me or like me, but whatever. I like you. you just use me. I for, like you. You fine. just use me for my podcast.
1: I like you fine. you <laughs> shut your mouth.
0: Uh, sounds like she loves me folks i love him i do i do okay
1: okay um so that's one right he did this was this was a story they were making up based on an idea um that hitchcock paid a a journalist for so this journalist pitched this idea for a, a film to him about uh, an American businessman who gets caught up overseas and mistaken for an operative, and then having to get out of it.
0: Now, was so, was that an actual pitch, or was that something that he heard of from somebody and stole?
1: No, it was just an idea. Yeah, he paid. Okay, he paid the, the guy. He paid the guy. I think ten grand. I want to say, um, which in nineteen fifty nine dollars isn't bad. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Um, they, he was originally supposed to, had agreed, uh, to do a film for MGM, um, to do an adaption of the novel, The Wreck of the Mary Deer. Um, yes. and he had hired, um, Lehman to help him develop that script and it was just going nowhere.
0: Um, yeah, I read that Lehman didn't want to do it.
1: Yeah. And so Lehman, yeah, Lehman was going to quit because basically what Lehman said is, um, The mystery is so heightened because it's about, uh, I guess, a a ship that another um, crew from another ship finds this abandoned ship. But when they go in there, the stove is warm. It looks like there's been food served, but, people are vanished. Event horizon. Yeah. was it event horizon. I don't, That's, I don't know. I've never seen event horizon, um,
0: but it sounds like event horizon. Yeah.
1: Maybe that was based off of that, but they were having trouble kind of developing, um, heightening the mystery after that. So it was really, really frustrated. So, uh, Hitchcock, um, basically wanted to write something else with him. And so Hitchcock said he always wanted to do a, a chase across Mount Rushmore which is kind of silly because Mount Rushmore is not that big, but whatever. Um, we'll, so they we'll get,
0: we'll get to that. Yeah,
1: so they develop this. And I think the other part of this is everything that Hitchcock had thought, well, this is a great idea. This is a creative idea. I want to do something like this. I want to do something like this, that he tried to throw everything at it. Now, a lot of ideas were discarded, but um that's kind of a lot of things i guess maybe were a little bit more force fit you know like the the crop duster scene is you know hitchcock always wanted to do somebody being chased by a plane um so that's how that kind of got fit in there
0: and that was based yeah. off of something else too there was a another scene from another movie or something that he kind of there's a lot of mm. he wants to do stuff but kind of picked them and 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 right borrowed from other Right. Not story elements, just like action moment elements or something. So
1: yeah, so Lehman, you know, admitted that there were a lot of times he would, with the script, would just paint himself into a corner. And even Cary Grant said that this, this script is so confusing. He's like, I've I've filmed half this movie and I still don't know where this is going. So it's um it's definitely um not as tight. Grant as- was
0: Grant was convinced this was going to be a flop. Until yeah. until opening night, uh, night before opening night or something like that. What is he? he didn't care. He made like almost a million dollars off this movie. So, <laughs> he made more than that.
1: So, um, I mean, so that's I kind of I think how we both kind of felt though that it just didn't feel like your typical Hitchcock movie that kind of kept you engaged and thrilled, uh, enthralled, and um, and I think the other thing too is the some of the. Classic and iconic scenes, especially the crop duster scene, are so well known that the surprise of it, um, and, and what they're building to from it, as far as putting Cary Grant, um, out in broad daylight, out in an open area with nothing else around, that you, I, I would assume, if you had seen this for the first time and never had seen that seen ever it would have been a huge surprise right versus everybody's seen the poster everybody's seen it parodied maybe um you know that because you keep waiting i mean the way he builds suspense in that scene is very much with the cars coming and people that was the only
0: that that 45 seconds of him waiting after he gets off the bus was really the only to me, Hitchcock thing of the movie, except when he tried to get on the bus in the cameo at the beginning. Um, I, I'm going to start off by saying I think this is a good movie, but it does not hold up. Really? Yeah, it does. I. It, if I'd seen this in the theaters in 1959, probably would have been like, "Wow, that is really, really badass." Right. But. Because of the technology they have and because of what we have now. Now, I heard a discussion on a podcast I listened to this week where everybody says they watch these old movies and they're like, that's so fake, that's so fake. It looks nothing like movies today. And the argument there is that the movies today are, are fake. Mm-hmm.
2: Back, All green screen, yeah, mostly green back, screen. Back then yeah.
0: it was actually real. The problem is, is that you can tell it's it's like when people say wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake, it's scripted. Right. You can tell that it's a set. Mm-hmm. Not that it's fake, but it's a set. There were a lot of things that happen, a lot of like car chase scenes where you can tell it's a green screen yeah. behind them, you know, and they're just in a car. <laughs> dun, dun, um, dun, 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 yeah. yeah. Um little, little things that that were acceptable in movies back then because that's how it was done. It didn't ruin the movie for me, but it it did make it less I was not as uh, not involved. I was not as invested in it because I can't I can't give you a real reason why I I, I don't. It probably had a little bit to do with I was expecting the, the 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 terror slash element air quotes terror. But like trying to watch the end when they're running across the thing, you're like, come on, come on, she's in high heels. Yeah, you know, there's Yeah, yeah I it felt was that little, way too. Little, <laughs> just little things that you're like, okay, yeah. I, I get it, but. Um, the, uh, I, I think it's very well written. I think it's very well shot. It's very mm-hmm. well acted. Um, I mean, Jesus, Cary Grant was fifty five and he looked like he was twenty seven in this movie. I mean, he built built like a fucking shit brick shit house. And, yeah, and
1: he had to do a lot of physical. Yeah, yeah. Um.
0: I mean, the the I I think the story was acceptable. I I felt I felt it was predictable. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just because I knew what was coming. I knew. I, it just blah blah blah. But it, it was not. Having, if I was, if I watched a ton of old movies and I was prepared for a lot of that, I probably wouldn't have had any issues. I I, I think that I, I see why people say this is one of the greatest movies ever made. I get it because at the time it probably was one of the greatest movies ever made. There was just, like, there was a handful of things in it that left me lacking.
1: Yeah, I feel that there are better Hitchcock films out there. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel
0: there's better Cary Grant movies out there.
1: Uh, yeah. And, um, the, the other thing about this movie, too, is
2: uh,
1: it felt like it could be a comedy. It really did. Well, and
0: it, it tried to be Schwarzenegger stallone with the one-liners every now and then.
1: Well, yeah, I guess I, I, it, it was more, I think it was more, um, uh, to, to, to borrow a quote from Guillermo del Toro, Cary Grant was the best James Bond that never was. Right and Fair that's that's pretty much how.
0: Yeah, but James Bonds aren't comedies. James Bond. Movies yeah, I aren't know comedies. they aren't comedies. But they have. I, I think they were trying to make elements of hilarity in it or right. lighten the mood, like you mentioned when he went through the 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 hospital room and the woman was like, "Oh, you know." Yeah. And he, stop. Yeah. And he. Stop. Oh, stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, don't stop. Uh right. They had the the one line that I thought was really funny when he said, "I have to get back. I've got." What does he say? I've got a a secretary, two ex-wives, two two ex-wives, a mother, something at work, something at work, and several bartenders who depend on me. There were those little, like that's what I meant, like the little one-liners that they threw in the wit. Yeah, Yeah.
1: I mean it's in it, but I think it was more than just that wit. I think one, I think that Cary Grant, in my mind, is a better comedic actor than he is a drama yes actor. So he 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 does the f- The funny stuff well, um the double takes, the looks on his face, that type of thing while remaining this kind of elegant um, handsome man. Um, but I almost feel like some of some of the parts of the plot were so preposterous that it could have easily been turned into a comedy just with a few choices, right? Um, One of the things that they um, had to paint themselves out of a corner of is when um, halfway through the film, um, the Thornhill character meets up with the professor character, that that, uh, operative that's trying to help him kind of get out of the situation and letting him know that he's put Eve, who's um, an operative for them, that is the girlfriend of the spy, the Van Damme character, um, to let him, let him know that he's kind of put her in peril. And in they did not want, um, as they were walking toward the plane, to have to recap everything that happened um, and bore the audience. So to get the important parts across and still make it look like they were trying to catch each other up that part where they're walking through the airport and the and you just hear the plane engine turbo prop yeah over their over their conversation that could have easily been made into like a, a comedy scene because at the end when they got out of it and you could hear the end of their conversation something awkward could have been said but you know what i'm saying like well, he's yeah
0: hitchcock he's, hitchcock said that he uh, that this the supposition was that they thought that they were talking about things that were going to happen and they wanted to keep the audience. Yep. But he said he was just telling me everything I already knew. He said, I thought it would be a cute way to keep people's attention mm-hmm. while not telling them anything. There's a lot of jokes in this movie from Hitchcock right? Um, that he wanted to do because he never got to do them in the horror movies. Right. Um, there was a scene with the scene where she says, I don't make love on an empty stomach.
1: No, I don't talk about uh-huh. love. Yeah. Their
0: line was yeah. I don't make love yep. on an empty stomach. She had to re-record it after post to say, I don't talk about love on an empty stomach. So to get back at the censors for making him change that, he put in at the end the train going into the tunnel.
1: Yeah. Well it's, it's That was
0: Hitchcock's yeah, idea. Yeah, that
1: was Hitchcock's F U to the yeah, it's middle yeah. figure to the censors. The other thing that they made them change is at the end when they're both kind of climbing into bed together in, in the train they did not like the fact that they weren't married. So when um, they had to overdub when he's saving her off the, the cliff of Mount Rushmore, when he said to say, come along, Mrs. Thornhill. So that was the yeah. other thing that kind of ticked him off as well. Oh, they no. Also, they, they were trying to make him get rid of references to the fact that he'd been married twice before as well, because that was that was an issue too.
0: There was a couple of things they yeah. wanted Hitchcock to do, but Hitchcock had complete and total control he had creative control. They wanted him to make it under two hours. That was another thing about this movie that kind of turned me off. It was a little long.
1: Well, there's like ten, what, no, eleven locations that this this kind of travels you through, and that's a lot.
0: Yeah, that's, that is a lot. That's for too a film. much. Yeah, that's too much.
1: Uh, four of them I have been to, and that's that's too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, um. Go. I. I. Yeah, I don't I mean, really know where to go from. Well, I mean, that's uh,
1: that. You mean that's that's some of it. There is. I just kind of felt like it was like Hitchcock working with Lehman because when Lehman was working on the script, Hitchcock went off to do Vertigo. Yes, he directed Vertigo. Yeah, Le- Lehman, Lehman right with back the back. script, and then he went on vacation. And when Lehman finally got said, I can't take this any further, he flew back and they worked together on it. So I kind of feel like it. It was. Um, you know, it just, it, it narratively, not the best. Like, I think Rear Window is a better, tighter movie. But then again, you're really only in one location for Rear Window because your main character is stuck in his apartment. And you're watching what's happening from across the street. So there's a lot of... Um, I think when you have that more controlled environment, it probably makes for a more interesting story.
0: Is Rear Window the one where Ned Flanders it's... had chopped up his plant, and <laughs> or is it the uh... one? Is it the one where Fez? <laughs> so, <laughs>
1: yes, that is a much parodied, mo- uh, parodied film as well. <laughs> but I, I, I just think that that was good. Now, when I was, um, it wasn't as good as some of the others. I wouldn't call this my favorite Hitchcock movie at all. It's a great performance by Cary Grant. Um, well, I think we just said it. We wouldn't yeah. call it our
0: greatest hit- favorite Hitchcock yeah. movie. We wouldn't call it our favorite Cary Grant movie.
2: Yeah. I mean,
0: um, I, w- I, w- I yeah. wouldn't call this my favorite Cary Grant movie. No. his Girl Friday is. Oh, head and far shoulders above far this far superior,
1: yeah, far superior. Um, so were, wait a,
0: I, I always get this mixed up. He's in Philadelphia Story too, right? He's in Philadelphia I mean, Story. That's yeah. better than his Girl yeah. Friday. So
1: now originally, Jimmy Stewart was supposed to, was wanted to play that role.
0: Yeah, that's a great story.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well... <laughs> but Alfred,
0: Alfred, Alfred, you gotta let me do it. Come on. Come well, on I, now.
1: I mean, they both have a like, similar sense of humor, but I I think Grant probably carried off a little bit better. I mean, Stewart's been in a lot of Hitchcock films as well. And, uh, well, this so. was Cary
0: Grant's fourth Hitchcock movie.
1: Was his fourth?
0: That's I think that's what I read. And I think yeah. Jimmy Stewart was in four Hitchcock movies, wasn't he?
1: He was in Vertigo. He was in... Um, Rear Window. Rear Window. And I can't remember what other Hitchcock movies have, he's been have, in. We'll have to double check at break, yeah. but Yeah. Well, okay. Hold on. To call. Uh,
0: I, you, you know, I didn't want to write it down anyway.
1: Jimmy I know I figured that I would start doing this because I hate listening to our podcast and then realizing we didn't answer the question. So.
0: Oh, I thought you were just going to say, I hate listening to our podcast.
1: I hate listening to our podcast.
0: <laughs> I don't blame you. I do too. I don't know why you <laughs> folks are listening. I
1: Oh, don't um, say that. I, don't say that. What I did find out, what I, I did kind of learn to appreciate when in doing the research for this, that, that when you do think of it, there is... Um, some interesting kind of turns in, in character growth for this. Because in the beginning of this movie, you see Thornhill, he's an ad executive, and he is used to getting things done through other people. Yep. Right? He's got his secretary doing a million things for oh, him. Oh, yeah, at the very
0: beginning, the whole yeah. dict- dictation he was, was it, like, tell Carl tell oh, yeah. and then let She's Paul like, know, and then Phil has to...
1: Through the elevator, and then yeah. in the, the taxi, and then she had to take the taxi back and all this... Um, but even like as he was doing things, because, and, and that is what gets him in trouble. Like he sits down with some clients and he's like, oh my God, I, I just rec- remembered that, you know, my mother isn't, doesn't know this, that, and the other thing. So he tries to get somebody else to pass along the message for him.
0: And yet the guy was looking for Mr. Kaplan.
1: And the two spies were paging Mr. Kaplan, trying to identify him. And so when he tries to get the guy's attention who's doing the paging to help him out, that's when he gets mistaken um but you look at some other things as well um he basically bribes his mother like he offers his mother money to go help him try to get keys to this um operatives hotel room and you know spoilers but you know i guess it's not spoilers if it's a 1959 movie between between
0: you and me i think he might have been dating his mother
1: (laughs) he was a mommy's boy um
0: She was only seven years older than him (laughs) in real life.
1: Oh, God. I don't know. No, Um, I mean,
0: the the actress that played his mother was only seven years older than Cary Grant.
1: Yeah, I know. But I'm just thinking at that point in time, I don't know if he was... Well, he was never out, but I don't know if he ever was. There's always rumors about him being closeted.
0: I looked that up. Yeah. And it's all rumors. It's all rumors. It's all rumors. Okay. According to to his daughter Mm -hmm. that he was not and even if he was it was nobody's business but Mm -hmm. i I don't i i mean it doesn't matter right you know what i mean he was with a lot of women i mean so was rock hudson so right there you go
1: so back to what i was saying um george uh, kaplan was a spy that was made up doesn't exist that's the guy in welcome back cotter right yeah gabe kaplan um (laughs) he never existed the kids, the Sweat Hogs just imagined him. Um, so,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's <stocked> not them shows. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so he wants to go check out his room, so he, he bribes his mother to do it. And the other thing, which was I, that when the, when the Russian spies get him really drunk on bourbon and then put him behind the wheel at that Mercedes Benz hoping to kill him when he gets um, arrested for drunk driving... He, you know he's asking the cops to make the phone calls for him and stuff like that. So it's, I, he just couldn't. So this movie, um, this this whole situation, he's got to start relying on his own wit and ingenuity to get himself out himself out of situations. Now, conversely, Eve doesn't trust other people and tries to always do things herself and doesn't rely on it. So she's got to learn to trust thornhill in the end so it's a nice little capping of character arcs
0: yeah i i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna throw something out and we'll see how you feel about it Uh oh thornhill is not the hero of this story no eve is the, the, the eve of eve of saint eve, marie yeah e, she eve. she she saves him three times yep she she throws him to the wolves once she, <laughs> she does <laughs> Uh, you know she goes. She goes along the wolves. It's the wolves. wolves. It's the, the, wolves the wolves of, of Wall Street. Wall Street. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me a coke. <laughs> um, I, I, she is. She was the one in place mm-hmm. making everything happen with the fake Kaplan to begin with. So right. It, well, Cary Grant, he's the hero. No, I don't think he is. No,
1: he's he's the he's the main character. But I don't think you're right. He's not the hero. Of the even story.
0: though even though one of the tropes in Greek lore
1: creep no tried uh, drama and tragedies no in,
0: in the Greek like the like uh, Odysseus and all this okay. the hero is generally saved three times and she saves Thornhill three times
1: oh look at you getting deep ah, I know wow
0: that's what she said oh! Nice. Oh! um little Michael Scott for you there um she, she saves him she saves him on the train mm-hmm. um I think she saves him on the train twice
1: right she saves him money, she saves him somewhere else. But she, no, saves, she saves him at Mount Rushmore.
0: Yeah, and she saves him three times. So I mean, it's just, it's one, I think well, it's. I, I think well, they,
1: she, she's saving herself as well at Mount Rushmore. Yeah,
0: but she could have let him. She could have.
1: Yeah. Well, I think I think I I think he kind of knew. Um, no, he didn't actually. When I think about what he said in the script, but um, funny thing about that scene. Okay. So to set the set the stage here for you listeners, um, there is the scene if you haven't familiar heavily familiar with the movie where um, Thornhill goes to meet Van Damme because this is after he's been told by the CIA that he's put um, Eve in in danger that he wants to make it look like he wants nothing to do with her so she will at least be safe. Um, so she he meets him in the cafeteria at. Uh, Mount Rushmore and the first thing he does is when he sits down with Thornhill is he said he doesn't want her at the at the table and they have a conversation and he basically says that he wants the girl so he can do away with her or whatever um, now she comes barreling in um, and she basically has a confrontation with him and shoots him in the middle of this cafeteria in front of everybody um, and then runs away um, and we later find out that she shoots him with blanks or mm-hmm. she has blanks in the gun yeah um but what you don't if you get to watch the scene again if you aren't watching the interaction on in the way the 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 scene is set between Grant and Eva Marie Saint if you look over in the right hand corner, in the background, there is a little boy sitting at a table and he has his fingers over his ears because he knows that the gun's going to go off.
0: What a little bitch.
1: <laughs> well, you know, they must have shot it and reshot it and reshot it. And Joe Biden just... did it. What? <laughs> no, we don't get political on this show. So oh, I wasn't stop. getting political. I was just asking. <laughs> but I think it's just really funny because it's like you don't notice it until somebody points it out to you and then you notice it.
0: <laughs> it's like the kid in uh, Three Men and a Baby in the window.
1: Oh, yeah. And you never
0: saw it until somebody goes, you got to watch a scene. And you're like, oh, I can never unsee that. Yeah, okay. exactly. All right, fair. So it's pretty funny. I also I also would like to say that Eva... Eva Marie Saint. Yeah, what's her name in the movie? Eve. Eve. Like, she's the she, she, she proves herself as the heroine Mm-hmm because in real life in real life what would have happened is the government would have been like oh this poor schmuck got himself caught up in something he didn't belong in we're just going to let him die because we're worried about the microfilm well they she she would not have worried about she wouldn't have cared about saving they would have, she would have she would have said oh yeah hey he's right here guys mm-hmm. and they would have taken him and they would have thrown him off the train and then she would have been at the site that night with the stuff and then she could have saved him and she could have left.
1: But she um she she basically she's the one that sends him off to die before that prairie station scene. The the scene with the crop duster. Yes. Um so she 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 does do that and basically there is an exposition scene um while uh he is trying to get away on Sorry. the on the on the train between New York and, Ch- and Chicago um where they do say well he got in the way but he's expendable right we cannot give up this so whats is Stallone? Not, no no St- 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 oh, damn i can't have a serious conversation i thought you. this was going to
0: get good for a second <laughs>
1: But they do. I mean, they do basically say, yes, yeah, we're not in the business of saving him. We need to keep this Kaplan character up. So for all intents and purposes, this guy is Kaplan. If he gets himself killed, he gets himself killed. Yeah. But
0: that was another point in the movie where they tried to make it funny was the auction.
1: The auction scene is brilliant. Okay. It really is. It's a brilliant performance by Grant.
0: Oh, it's it's a it's a great performance. I don't I don't know that it's brilliant. I mean, I'm I, if I I feel like that they would have been like, dude, it wouldn't have gone on that long to be like, dude, one more time, you're out. Uh- <laughs> one more fucking time. One more fucking time. And Carl back there, the guy with the big pipe wrench, he's gonna knock your teeth out.
1: Well, that was his. You know, I mean, obviously that was his intent. He he uh, he survives um, the whole crop duster attack and he's trying to find <laughs> Kaplan. What?
0: I, uh, no, I, 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 come back to me. Come back to me. Oh, yeah, I'm, not, okay. I'm not laughing at you. I'm just laughing at something that okay. I was thinking of when I was watching the movie The Crop Duster Scene. Go okay. ahead.
1: Um, so he survives it. He comes back and tries to find Kaplan, who does not exist, and he ha- happens to see Eve at the same hotel. Manages to find out where her room is and goes up and surprises her. Um, and she says she has to go somewhere leaves him in her hotel room and he finds out where she's going and follows her. And of course it turns out she's with Van Damme. Don't challenge me. There we go. There's another expendables quote for you. So, um, kickboxer. Ah, (laughs) (laughs) And, and so like an idiot, he goes barreling in and confronts and, um, gets himself in a situation he can't get out of because even though Van Damme leaves, he's got his henchmen at all the doors knowing he's going to be dead. So he has to make this huge distraction so he can get himself arrested. Tip- and he makes an ass out of himself at this auction. Well, he
0: does it on purpose so he can get yeah, arrested, but so he does he a can great get job arrested. of it.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? I watched that scene again, and I it's so funny because he it could be so much more cringeworthy but because he has that air of confidence, and you know that he, it, and that in, in, uh, unmistakable Cary Grant swagger, that he gets away with it, and that's when his, you know, his comedy chops really come into play in this scene, and, and I think it's great. I mean, it's uh, I didn't think much of it the first couple of times, but when I watched it again, I'm like, yeah, this is a pretty damn good scene.
0: I, I thought it was yeah. great. Um, in typical male fashion of nineteen fifty seven or fifty eight when this was filmed, she doesn't love me. I know that she's with a bad guy and he's a spy and he's gonna kill everybody, but I'm gonna go down there and I'm gonna tell her. I'm gonna tell her she she messed up. <laughs> That's basically what he does. He goes down there and goes, you know what? You made a mistake, baby. You made a mistake because I'm Cary Grant. And, <laughs> oh, shit. You guys, you got, you got, there's people. I think it was like, people- you
1: tried to kill me. I'm mad at you. You of
0: this beach." Yeah, but, but, I mean, he knew, he knew what he was dealing with at that point. Yeah. I would, I, was, have,
1: I would have hung back and just tried to figure out what the yeah. fuck was going on. But What I was laughing
0: nice at, be. could you imagine being an old boy in that truck in the scene where the plane crashes into the, the fuel truck? Mm-hmm. First of all, it's hysterical to me that there's a light at that point, at or uh, there wasn't a light. He got him to stop.
1: He got. A, he almost got run over. Yeah.
0: It cracks me up that, 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 that there's a fuel truck running through the middle of the the middle of the the damn desert, for lack of a better word. He's he'd been there for a minute, minute and a half, two minutes, uh, five minutes, I think, is, with the plane chasing him. Yeah. He finally gets the the truck to stop. There had been no cars that whole time. And then in the span of about 20 seconds, there's three cars. And you have to be the poor SOB that says, oh, my God, there's a fire. I better get out and help and see if I can help anybody. Oh, somebody stole my truck. (laughs) That was my brand-new refrigerator. darn it. Ah. I had me a brand-new Frigidaire (laughs) refrigerator. Just got electricity in my house. Is going to have cold food for the first time ever.
1: What killed me about um, the post crop duster scene is when uh, you know she invites him into her hotel room, and he you know starts his thing on her, and she gets this look on her face, and she runs toward him and embraces him, and just kind of nuzzles her face into his suit. And I'm thinking, God, you're breathing in pesticide. That's pretty gross. It was just it was just
0: DDT. <laughs> it's no big deal. DDT wasn't that. I bad. love
1: a man who feels you know smells freshly crop duster
0: that was one of the moments I was just like, "Eh." it it was because of the way that they, they weren't allowed to do certain things. And yeah, that thing where they do the fake (laughs) kiss, where they roll their heads around and she runs. I was like, "Uh."
1: well, let's talk about the, the Eve character for a second too, because she's not a professional spy, right? She just happened to be in a relationship with this man. And
0: she's a professional. The
1: (laughs) <laughs> the government you know approached her and I'm pretty sure there's probably a little bit more than you know treason charges dangled in front of her face but she's you know they they play it off like she's doing this because
0: there's a lot of she's an American
1: there's a lot of undercurrent of and overt patriotism throughout this movie which is probably one of the reasons people think it's so damn great um, it's probably one of the you know earliest Cold War movies that you're going to find but um, it's, it's funny to me that, you know, it's like, what's she going to do afterwards? She's just going to go back to her, her normal life. He's just going to go back to her. It's, it's not like it's, she's, she's very cool under pressure, but she's just an average person as well.
2: Yeah,
0: I think So she another was, I think average she...
1: person thrown into extraordinary circumstances. I think
0: she was just a soda jerk. Really?
1: No, that doesn't, she, she was a professional, uh, she was supposed to be...
0: A professional soda jerk. You know, yeah, she does it for money. <laughs>
1: She's supposed to be some kind of industrial designer. Um, yeah, she designs
0: cool-ass ice cream drinks <laughs> with whipped cream and cherries on top.
1: <laughs> and a steel girder as a straw. Yeah, rotary. Um, it's
0: a rotary girder.
2: Uh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> they originally had her in the script as a... Um, soda
0: jerk you're stop not it. listening to will me will <laughs> you let
1: me finish god damn no wonder i can't get three words strung together uh, number uh, one. okay they originally had her as an interior designer but turns out there is actually in there was actually an interior designer with that name so they had to change her her profession as well just a little trivia
0: oh can i talk now You've been talking the whole time. Don't give me that crap. <laughs> so there was actually someone in the world that had the name that she named, that that, that they named her, who was an interior designer, and they had to change her job. Because the name doesn't matter. It matters that it was. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> Apparently, cancel culture started in 1958. I know. <laughs> <laughs> So um, well, we found out we found out that um, this movie made 142 million dollars, but we got to give Clara over there 157 <laughs> million because her name was in the movie.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so one of the things too, um, I don't know if you you came across this in any of your research, but the obviously the, the end of the movie, there's that huge chasing because apparently somebody has a luxury house on the top of Mount Rushmore um but <laughs> they're escaping from Van Damme at the end and um it it, it it takes them to Mount Rushmore and they're racing to to try to save their lives as people are trying to kill them and the only choice is to scale down
0: that that legitimately Let's talk about just that last ending part. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about the part from where she has to leave the house with Van Damme and apparently the Martin Landau character.
1: No, Martin Landau was staying behind.
0: No, he was with them.
1: Well, he was with them until they were going to get on the plane and then he was going to go back yeah, to the house. Yeah. Okay,
0: so I you, Okay, so now now who's not letting who finish their sentence? Oh, sorry. <laughs> when when the the Martin Landau character and Van Damme and the girl leave the house. Okay, yeah. from that moment on. Okay. Now, Cary Grant's in the house. He gets caught by the housekeeper. Yes. And you know, the second she walks out, she's got the gun with the blanks because it was the gun that she used.
1: I know. I'm stupid enough not to have figured oh, that out. So
0: right off the bat, I, I, I caught that. So I'm like, he's going to, something's going to happen. So then you see him coming out of the house and he hops in the car. And he drives up. He's like, get in. And they're like, oh, no, get in the car. We got to go. So she hops in and he peels off and he comes to this wooden gate <laughs> and he gets out of the car and goes oh no it is locked what will we do i don't know drive it over with the fucking car everything after that took me out of it because you're now running from guys that you know are terrorists and your master plan is you want you want to climb down mount, fucking, Rush, mount, mount rushmore. rushmore and we'll just we can climb down to the chin we'll get to the chin and once we get to the chin, Nicolas Cage will be there with the secret opening so that we can... <laughs> what, what, I mean, I, at that point, you, I was like, uh, come on. What What was... Do you want to hear what
1: um, Hitchcock's original idea was for that I, chase scene?
0: I know what his original idea for that chase scene was.
1: Okay. Enlighten the audience.
0: He wanted Cary Grant to climb down Lincoln's face and hide in Lincoln's nose and then have a sneezing attack. And the studio said, no. <laughs> and he's like, yes. And they said, no.
1: The government said.
0: Yes. And then, the, <laughs> no, well, the government the government told them they were not allowed to actually film on the monument. Mm-hmm. So they had to recreate the scenes. Um, but the, and, then, and then he said, yes. And then somebody, a friend of his says, think about this. Think about Abraham Lincoln climbing down Cary Grant's face and getting stuck in his nose and sneezing. And and <laughs> Hitchcock went, yeah, it's a stupid idea. <laughs> 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 okay, well, well, go ahead. So
1: they were, but they were told that they should not have anybody climbing on, being murdered on the actual president's faces. So that's why all the action happened the ca- around them. This, the yeah.
0: cameras are strategically placed so that even when they are climbing, it's just. Carl's face for for yeah yeah the Department of the Interior would not let them do anything on mm-hmm. Mount Rushmore I did find something out that has nothing to do with this movie though th- th- while doing the research did you know that Rushmore, Mount Rushmore was supposed to go all the way down to their waists yes the carving was supposed to go all the way to their waists and they I ran out that. of money and the that. government was like finally for the first time ever said no nah, we can't afford that shit and they moved on but yeah so uh the code name for the movie after that was uh, the Lincoln Sneezer.
1: Oh, uh, the man in Lincoln's nose. The man in Lincoln's nose. Is, That's it. Is the what man in Lincoln's Alfred knows. Hitchcock wanted to call it. Now, the working title was in a northwesterly direction because Lehman was like, "That's where the action is going." And somebody at the studio had suggested North by Northwest, and they're like, "We know it's not a point on the compass, um, or how? Yeah, but." They just so that was the working title, and they really honestly couldn't find anything better. Um, Breathless, I think, was one of them too. Yes, it was. Um,
0: Do you know where they got North by Northwest from? Hi, Hamlet. Yes, Hamlet. Yeah, I knew you knew that because you're smarter uh, than I am.
1: Well, no, I just that's what I found, I found in the research. So oh, we probably looked at some of the same sources. That's what
0: I found in the research too. But, um, oh, I, oh, I knew that. Yeah, the, I knew that well before I watched. It. I knew well before I watched this movie that that's what that.
1: Yeah, one of the other government... <laughs> um things that they had to um, overcome was they were not allowed to film at the UN. Correct. Um, somebody else did um, a film there, and I guess it just wasn't shown in a good light, so they didn't want anything happening there. So they had to get Sneaky Pete about it and let... <laughs>
0: Did you read the same thing I did about that? Uh,
1: I yeah, I heard it. I saw it. That that the film. So they just had somebody in a van with a camera, and Cary Grant just kind of walked up the steps and went toward the UN building, um, and that's how they got the exterior. And then they had to put an exterior on a screen um, for another scene where he's coming to the UN, getting out of a taxi. Um, so that's how they got their footage.
0: Apparently, if you watch the scene after knowing that as Cary Grant is walking into the U.N., since nobody knew that it was actually happening, the person coming out of the U.N. does a double-take when he sees Cary Grant. He doesn't put his fingers in his ears, but he does do a double-take. He's like, well, it's fucking Cary Grant. So what they
1: did is they were able to get somebody to go into the U.N. and take some interior pictures so they could recreate. So I think what they had was... I. I could be wrong about this, but it, they could. I think it was an ambassador's lounge that they took the pictures pictures mm-hmm. of. But in the movie, they called it the public lounge. Yeah. So it would be plausible that somebody could just get in to the UN and and attack somebody, or or even like Thornhill could go in and and you know meet meet that person there.
0: I, I guess that scene where the ambassador gets killed, and. Um, you know, they, they. Cary Grant gets framed. Mm-hmm. Hitchcock said that he's always wanted to be able to have somebody say something to an ambassador, and the ambassador not be able to reply because they had been killed. <laughs> so he was able to do that. Well, the, I think this was a long list of I've wanted to yeah. do this shit a long time in my life for Hitchcock.
1: Well, one of the one of several ideas for the beginning of the movie. The the movie was supposed to start in the UN, and there was going to be a diplomat addressing. Um, Diplomatic immunity. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I had to do it.
1: Um, there was he was addressing the council or whatever they call, they call it, um, the United Nations, and he stops what he's saying and he says, "I'm not going to finish what I'm saying until the ambassador from such and such and so and so wakes up." And somebody goes to prod him, and it turns out he's dead.
0: Mm, clank!
1: Right. So there are a few other. Potential beginnings to this thing, but they, they, they just didn't pan out. He, he just had a lot of ideas and he just, again, threw them out to Lehman. Let's talk about the suit.
0: Yeah, it was a suit. Moving on.
1: <laughs> Actually, Esquire voted it the number one in a top 10 list of great suits.
0: I call bullshit because if you want the number one suit, and this is a tie, the number one suit ever worn by anybody in a movie. Don't say Batman. Oh fuck no! That's not a suit. That's a that's a that's a way of life. <laughs> the number one suit ever worn by anybody in a movie Embracing was by myself. Harry and Lloyd and Dumb and Dumber oh. when they were at the gift the fundraiser and they had on the orange and the powder blue tux. No kidding. Well, I was thinking I was thinking about this because um, we watched this Friday night. Mm-hmm. And uh, you watched the rest of it Saturday morning, <laughs> and <laughs> I was I was asleep. I was I was, it, it, I was in the office, or I was I was watching out there, mm-hmm. and then the next morning I was doing some stuff in the office. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, the way first of all, the way that we as a society dressed and presented ourselves in the 40s, and the 50s, and the 60s, kids today they don't even get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, you watch this whole movie, this whole movie. This guy is in a dress shoes. A suit, a tie. The only time he did not have that on was the very last scenes of the movie when he was
1: in his pajamas. What, no,
0: oh a, no, no, no! The the end of the movie. Okay. When when he were climbing, he had on pants and dress shoes, like wingtips, right. and a, he had on a, a collar, a, a cuffed sh- uh, shirt, yeah, buttoned up with no tie. But other than that, he was dressed in a suit. She was in full. I mean, it she was, was ready to travel. This yeah, guy, yeah. this She's guy's like, running through a field. He's uh, chasing down cabs. He's um, every, everything dressed that way, and now it, the guy would have had on cargo pants. I mean, they, you go from him cargo to you go from him yeah. to the dude. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, it's complete complete right. opposites. So the fact that they say oh it was the greatest suits yeah because that's how we dressed and as as a society we presented ourselves back then. Every time you see Cary Grant in a movie, he's dressed. Mm-hmm. I I mean, other than being in a swimsuit in a couple movies, I I've never even seen him in shorts. So, yeah, it was a beautiful suit.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All all of them were in that movie.
1: <laughs> um, Eva Marie Saint's uh, wardrobe as well is when MGM pitched uh, what what clothing they wanted her to wear, and, and that was uh, one video I found. It was a fashion video. I'll, I'll put a link of it in the show notes. Um, had the original um, test shots with the wardrobe, and Hitchcock did not like it, absolutely did not like it. So he took Eva Marie Saint's shopping, and they picked out the wardrobe pieces. Apparently, MGM yeah.
0: had already bought the, the stuff that they wanted her to wear, and he was mm-hmm. like, no, that's not happening. Yeah. You know, this movie was a million dollars over budget before it even started shooting. <laughs> so that, for reasons like that. Yeah. That's, yeah. I, I I guess I they can say that, but I mean was I mean was it really that incredible of a suit? Um, you know what I mean. I mean it was a yeah. good looking suit, but I mean it was it, the greatest suit ever. What?
1: I guess I don't know. What about I mean, his socks? Where it his was socks a pole, rank? So I mean, <laughs> I think I think when you when you think about a, a suit and socks, I mean I think of um, uh, Danny Kaye in White Christmas, right? Because. Edith had dressed him in the gray pants, the gray shoes, and the gray socks. So everything while he danced was one clean line. Yep. But
0: I don't know. Carrie wasn't no dancer. He was a lover, not a dancer.
1: I, I could probably think of some better suits that he, you know, that touch of mink, he was...
0: I just Pretty don't. I don't. I don't see I, how you vote that. Yeah. I just. I don't. I, it,
1: I just think it's going to be a con- iconic.
0: I think. Yeah. Uh, I think. Carpenters Monthly mm-hmm. has a, a, a quiz going on right now. A you know a survey about what they think is the best door ever in the history of movies.
1: <laughs> Notting Hill.
0: No, it's the it's the <laughs> elevator doors in The Shining. <laughs> You know why? They were sturdy. They were waterproof. <laughs> they functioned well underwater. <laughs>
1: oh god. Okay, so we we had kind of alluded to this earlier in when we started talking, but I, I want to kind of pull it back because a lot of people were saying that, you know, this was like a almost a a Bond movie before there were Bond movies. And with the exception of the fact that the person who is in the middle of all the action is kind of just a regular everyday ordinary man versus a spy, um, I I can kind of see the parallels. Um, you, you don't particularly agree. I know we've had a little um, bit of conversation about this, but not a full one.
0: I think that that's – personally, I think that that's someone just trying to say something to make themselves sound relevant. It's got a lot of traction. There's a lot of people who believe it. Yes, I can see how you would say this is a spy movie. I I could. Mm -hmm. It is not a Bond movie because Bond knew exactly what he was doing when he was doing it. He was highly trained, right? You know what I mean. That's like that's like saying, um, you know, the the things on uh, YouTube where the people put the bum fights up. That that's like a Rocky movie. (laughs) I I mean, it's not. It's not. (laughs) <laughs> it's pretty pretty close. Not Almost exactly, it's but it's, go it's, ahead. it's acted better. It's they acting acted better. It's I. It maybe it was something that inspired them to say, "Hey, we might be able to make a Bond movie." Right. But Ian Fleming was writing Bond movie books before. Oh yeah. You know what I mean. So yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like oh my god this. We've invented this thing. Hey, it's
1: not necessarily invented, but it definitely has a lot of the markers of a of a spy. So you have the charming villain. Yes. You have the beautiful and potentially duplicitous love interest. Yeah, you've got the henchmen. You've got the chases. You've got um, all that. I, 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 again, I wouldn't say it's it's straight on spy movie. Like I said, to me, it almost veers to comedy. Um, you know, comedic spy movie. Um,
2: Do you know what
0: else had all that? Rocky and Bullwinkle. <laughs> <laughs> it had. But, it had the beautiful and duplic- duplicitous Natasha.
1: She wasn't duplicitous. Oh yeah, she was. She did not like moose and squirrel.
0: She like. She loved moose and squirrel. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not saying that they're stupid for saying it. I, 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 I see where they're coming from. I'm not disparaging it. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say that it was. This was Bond before Bond it was it was this is almost more like um uh it's it, escaping me a case of mistaken identity type movie well that's what it is yeah, I, yeah yes, definitely but but bond is i can I, I will give it the parallels in the the woman with the secret agent woman and and i'll give it the parallels in the fact that it's a very most james bond movies about the only one that i can think of that doesn't travel the world is casino royale most of the rest of them they're in South America Nigeria yeah, yeah. Texas you know what I mean so it,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well they are come to exotic they Texas. were there they were there fighting the cold and bursted pipes um, <laughs> it, it was you know what I mean I get the the, the the large the large scope of we've got to go from point A to point mm-hmm. B um, the, the espionage factor okay but it was a Bond movie before there were Bond movies uh, okay okay. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say they're wrong i don't see it that way but it's not it's not totally without its merit
1: okay all right um all right so i think what's left is we can talk about some of the acting choices and you alluded to this earlier about um martin lando
0: yeah i didn't i didn't sorry yeah
1: had a cat issue
0: yeah cat um I so the the thing that I read was that Martin Landau decided to play his character gay, sort of gay. No, gay. Well, what well, he didn't play him gay because he was not Jack from well, from Will and not Grace. Campy
1: gay. Yes, but,
0: but yes, but he, but it wasn't. Not all it, gays it wasn't are campy.
2: Like,
0: <laughs> no, I'm not saying all gays are campy. What I'm saying is. He made the choice to play it that way, but it's not extremely obvious that he made that choice.
2: Other
1: than the women's intuition line?
0: Yes, which is a fucking hysterical line. And um, apparently when he brought it up, Hitchcock liked it. And uh, Lerner liked it.
1: Well, I was listening to, was a a Turner Classic Movies... um, They don't know what they're talking about. ...interview um, with Martin Landau and Eva Marie Saint. And he basically said he saw, you know, this Leonard character kind of feeling that, you know, that third wheel component, right? So, the reason that he's loyal to Van Damme is because he, he cares about him and he loves him. Yeah. And, um, and that's, you know, drives jealousy, um, for the character of Eve. Um, and he's, you know, always looking for ways to, to make sure that she's not doing Van Dam wrong.
0: Well, I can get that, but you know what? I, I mean, I feel that way about Don Johnson. I'm, but I'm not going to sleep with him. So,
1: well, well it's maybe. not that, it, maybe you know, it's on. not that, but it's just the way it is. <laughs> now I, I, had access to the pdf of the the original script um and but i wasn't able to get back to it in time to go through to make sure to see if that women's intuition line was originally in the script um but i could see that maybe it was and it could just be read another way like imagine like bogart reading it you know like very sarcastically kind of call it yeah, women's intuition kind of you know
0: um, i think that i saw and i'll check on this at break i think i saw that that was an ad lib that he kind of he kind of ad lib. so um a lot of people told him that he shouldn't do that that he shouldn't play it that way and he brought it up to hitchcock and hitchcock says I-, I think it's a great idea and was fully supportive of it and everybody's like oh you're an actor you don't want to black by yourself and he said to him exactly i'm an actor Right. I play fake stuff for a living. They're like, but this is your first movie. And he's like, well, it's not going to be my last movie. Right. So.
1: He he was funny because he was saying that they were doing this one scene. And I don't know if it was the scene at the auction house. And he said that he went up to Eva Marie St. And he gave her a few notes and went up to. Um, oh, I can't think of who played Van Damme. Um, Jean-Claude. Jean- <laughs> not Jean-Claude. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Hold on, I'll go back, go back, go back, go back. Uh uh James Mason and okay. gave him some notes and stuff like that and so he kinda just passed Martin Landau by and he was like, Oh um so he went up to him and he said, Mr. Hitchcock, is there anything I should be doing differently? He's like, I will only give you notes if I feel you're doing something wrong.
0: Yeah, he and, he he thought he was being kind of blackballed. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, Hitchcock was like, Nah, you're fucking nailing it, bro. Yeah.
1: <laughs> nailing it. Now even Marie Saint said that the 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 best coaching she got from Hitchcock especially at this in the scene in the train is there are three things talk lower don't move your hands don't talk with your hands (laughs) I don't know what to do with my hands yeah um and keep looking Cary Grant in the eye Poor girl, yeah, she said that's was that was a tough one, yeah. I bet it was.
0: <laughs> Do you know, uh, somebody asked uh, Eve Eva Saint Marie what the most interesting thing she learned about Cary Grant on this film was? What was Do you know that? what her answer was? No, that he charges people 15 cents an autograph, <laughs> <laughs> you cheap motherfucker, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh,
1: so I think we've we probably covered a lot so you want to take a break i do and want to take a break kind of follow up on some of the other things we didn't quite figure out
0: all right i like it cool we'll be right back bye
3: see it. Mayday. Mayday. Can anyone hear me? We found something. We found something in the
4: eyes. Would you stop screwing around? This makeshift transmitter has a pretty weak signal. I'm not sure how long it's going to last. Okay, hi. I'm Brandon Windish. And I'm Chris Holcomb.
3: And we are the heads of programming of the Dead City Drive-In, and unfortunately,
4: if you're hearing this, then we're already dead. Okay, now you're just being melodramatic. Look, if you're hearing this, then it's probably because we're interrupting your podcast. Sorry about that. Okay, but we wouldn't do that without a good reason. Those delightful singing voices you're hearing belong to a ravenous horde of mutants and madmen right outside our projection room door.
3: You see, we've been tasked by our bosses,
4: the drive-in gods, to program
3: specially themed double bills for the increasingly restless dead city denizens.
4: And when we say specially themed, what we mean is killer robots, satanic terror. Uh, Yeah, hideous freaks, creepy crawlies. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. hysteria. You see, there is no bottom to the depths of psychotronic cinema. Any old chud could pick a random double bill.
3: Yeah, but do you really want to watch Chopping Mall back to back with Ghost Dad? Or a double whammy of Rock and Roll Nightmare and Bicentennial Man? Oh, yeah, I do. Oh, shut yeah. up,
4: zombie Robin Williams. You fucking liar. At Density Drive-In, we choose a theme. Then, we and our special guest each pick what we think is the best representation of that theme.
3: But there's only room for two movies, so we're talking genre flick deathmatch here. Three movies enter the ring, but only two can make it on the slime-splattered screen of the Dead City Drive-In.
4: Put it this way, it's dirty work, but somebody's gotta do it.
3: Chris, that's the lyrics of that song from Police Academy 2.
4: Damn it, we're about to lose the transmission.
3: Dead City Drive-In is available everywhere your favorite podcasts lurk. The doors are
4: open and admission is free. It's a show filled to the brim with monsters, mayhem, blood, guts, and uh um, dispatch. <laughs> <Some> more paralytics. <laughs> Remember, if the cars are rocking, it doesn't mean somebody's fucking. They're probably getting murdered. here at the
3: city draw. Under 17, not admitted without parent.
0: All right, we're back. We are back. We actually did our fact checking this week.
1: We did. We did. Uh, well, Susan, I Susan. Susan did the fact checking I I I do have one thing. When you said that, um, you normally just didn't see him in anything but a suit, mm-hmm. uh, Cary Grant. Um, you, I guess you haven't seen Bringing Up Baby, where he wears a lovely pinoir. I
0: don't even know what that is. It's one of those. Is that robe- like sandals.
1: No, it's one of those robes that have the big furry collars and the furry.
0: Oh okay. Arms. So he's in it for just a second, then? Uh, yeah, okay. At
1: least a scene, but anyway.
0: And when he and when he's not in that scene, what's he wearing?
4: I, I don't know.
1: I'm listening. Um, I'm listening. Shorts. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. <laughs> okay, so you wanted to talk about Jimmy Stewart's other movies, and I think he's actually... He's been in four Hitchcock movies, as has Cary Grant.
0: Yes, I remembered so, reading that. I thought it was four yeah. each.
1: So Stewart was in Rope, Rear Window, The Man Who Knew Too Much, and Vertigo.
0: The Man Who Knew Too Much, okay.
1: And Cary Grant was in Suspicion, Notorious to Catch a Thief, and North by Northwest.
0: No, no, notorious. Uh huh. that was the theme song for that movie no no yeah it was no it wasn't was in my world (laughs) my world's awesome okay And and what else
1: let's see what was the other thing we were looking up here oh no i have to go back what did i want to do vamp for me baby vamp for me
0: no no notorious <laughs> beep <laughs> deem, 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 oh, beep, yeah. beep oh yeah you
1: said that um martin Lando might have ad-libbed the women's intuition line um which hitchcock never allowed ad-libs um
0: he would have if i'd have been around <laughs> i be did like, find a, i did
1: find a pdf of the script one of the script revisions and it does say call it my women's intuition if you will well there you go all right so you want to do box office? Have you found anything on box I have. office? Okay. Um
0: it was the number it was tied for number six that year is the sixth biggest movie of the year. Uh it was nineteen fifty nine, so these numbers are not shabby. Thirteen million two hundred and seventy five thousand. Wow. Um first weekend in Chicago it made thirty five thousand and the second weekend in Chicago it made forty something thousand, which nineteen fifty nine, I mean hell. It Had to be at least a nickel because Cary Grant's autograph was fifteen cents. So, um, yeah, I don't. I uh, I do know that Cary Grant made four hundred and fifty thousand to star in the movie, and then he got paid three hundred fifteen thousand dollars in late fees fines because his contract clearly stated that if he had to stay over a certain amount of time, it was almost five thousand dollars a day, and he was making the five thousand dollars a day by the time they started filming. <laughs> so there you go.
1: All right. Um, As far as Academy Awards, um, did not do so well. Um, That doesn't mean anything. They were nominated for Best Screenplay, uh, Best Production Design, and Best Film Editing, and they did not get any. Uh, They lost to Ben-Hur for Production Design and Film Editing. Fair. And they lost to one of my favorite Doris Day comedies. For screenplay, to pillow talk,
0: pillow talk two, pillow talk. Oh, you said two pillow talk.
1: Two pillow talk. To, pillow talk. Pillow to talk? the movie pillow talk. Pillow pillow 2. talk. Okay.
0: <laughs> God, excuse me. <laughs> oh Okay, good enough. Cool. <laughs> we got we have house guests and the idiot just walking by the door over here, just trying to trying to act like nonchalant and stuff. Uh huh. He's not an idiot. I love him to death. He's my brother. <laughs> oh, okay. He ain't heavy. So um, ask me a question.
1: Uh, which question about what? Uh, uh, there's
0: only two questions left.
1: No, there's the I have questions. Oh, yeah, yeah. We still have a lot to do. Okay, favorite, never mind. There's a lot to do before lunch here. Um.
0: <sighs> I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. Um Okay, I have questions. Let's do. I have questions. I have questions. Do you have questions?
1: I do have questions. Let's roll. Let us roll. Um, so this must be something that I, I wasn't clear to me. Uh, it probably had to do something with me falling asleep while we were trying to watch it on Saturday night. But even when I was rewatching it, does she present herself in the train? As being part of this whole operative thing, no. because why is she the one setting no. up the meeting with Thornhill, or no, for Thornhill, on the phone when they reach the station in Chicago? She,
0: she doesn't. Uh, okay, if I remember correctly, she does not present herself as an agent. He's getting on the train, running from the cops. She obviously knows who he is. Running from the cops, she hides him in the bathroom, and then he's trying to make it through the train without being caught, she has him sit at her table. Mm-hmm. And that's when they have the talk about all the different stuff. And she tells him, well, you better do something because here come the cops. Mm-hmm. So she helped hide him that night. And she gave him his, uh, her little uh, makeup kit right. so that he could kind of change his appearance and whatnot. Um, and then she helped get him out of the train station.
1: Okay. that That's all clear to me.
0: But she never said he never knew that she was anything. Okay, so until,
1: how did she end up getting the coordinates to meet the that's fake, a good fake spy? Like, how is why is she the one calling or making the phone call? I guess maybe to keep him hidden while he shaves or something like that. Maybe but that was the only thing. That oh was- no 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 no
0: no no no. Okay. <laughs> Didn't he have a number or something and she said, "Oh, he was going to make the call. He was going to make the call and she said a red hat a red ha, a red cap at a at a telephone. That's not going to look good." Okay. So she was trying to get, Okay, that's why.
1: Okay. All right. Um all right. So the other two are just kind of um rye observations, I guess than than questions.
0: Like rye is in like wait rye, not, a, not, a, rye not a, a IPA.
1: Not like, you know, like a marble rye. Um just like what? Um so there's a there's the scene where he climbs into Van Damme's house and he's trying to get her attention to tell him that they're on to her. Mm-hmm. And um so he uses the matchbook that she's seen before and he writes her a note and then drops the matchbook down into the open yeah. um sunken living room. He conveniently he just happens to have a pen in his pocket, even though he's been climbing all over that house. Well, he had a matchbook. Well, yeah, but that's not as like, st- like you put a pen in your front pocket or your back pocket and you try to like do an activity like that and go point, poke it no, in you're, the groin. You're right.
0: That is significantly <laughs> less believable than him climbing up that building in wingtips. Yeah, that's true. Okay, next.
1: <laughs> just conveniently has a pen in his pocket. Okay, um, who runs better? Uh, Cary Grant or Tom Cruise?
0: Cary Grant's got longer legs. In fact, I think Tom Cruise only comes up to Cary Grant's waist. (laughs) (sighs)
1: Lucky for Cary Grant.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Okay. That's funny.
1: Yeah. Okay, my other one is um, when he goes to her hotel room and she tells him to go send his suit to the valet so it can be clean. Mm-hmm. And he comes out um, after he's pretended to be in the shower and she sneaks out of the hotel room. He is wearing bright yellow boxers. Yeah, I noticed that. Did they start out that color?
0: Well, if they didn't, they start out that color. <laughs> they probably would have been dark brown. <laughs>
1: Okay, those are my only questions.
0: <laughs> All right, I have questions. Okay. How come the guy that came to get his suit when they needed it pressed was black?
1: There were, I could only <laughs> I'm kidding. see I'm kidding. three- Black extras in that movie. They had two of them on stage when they were like auctioning off some chairs at the auction room, and then that that person. I think those were the only three. It was nineteen fifty nine. I saw first of all anybody
0: anybody who's listening. As I'm not condemning that movie because of that. That's that was what the time was. It's not like that anymore. I'm over it. We're moving on. I was just being funny. Um, I don't have any. I have questions. Really. I, I. I mean. The the I have questions it, that I had are answered simply because it was that was the time, you know. Like uh, one of my questions was, why didn't they just push him off the cliff? Why didn't right. they get him drunk and just push him off the cliff?
1: Oh, I had. Um,
0: they put him. They put him in somebody else's car. Mm-hmm. You'd be better off if you just push him off the cliff. Right. He got drunk and slipped. Or just suffocate him. Yeah. You know.
1: Um. My question. And I, I do I do have another question of though. He got, he got arrested for drunk driving, and the whole thing kind of spurs on because he's so intent on clearing his name, right? Had he just gone back to living his normal life and dealt with the drunk driving charge, which I don't know how dire a drunk driving charge back then was as compared to it, to it now, would they have left him alone? No. No.
0: They, they, were they were still going, because they were, they, were, they were trying to kill Kaplan. They were going to kill him. They were okay. pissed off that he was still alive. Okay. That whole skit was an homage to a vaudeville skit, mm-hmm. where a guy gets um, a ticket, and the fine is $2, mm-hmm. and his lawyer is intent on arguing the case, and pisses the judge off, and is constantly getting more severe punishments, and the guy's like, just pay my $2 fine.
1: <laughs> $2. Yeah. I won my $2. Um, yeah.
0: Um, there were, there were a couple of things like, you know, like the whole, um, why don't we just get him drunk and push him off a cliff? Uh, why didn't we just, you know, shoot him when we, those, but it, but again, it's one of those things that if you do that, you know, you don't have the story. So
1: I, I do like the way that, that Cary Grant did, uh, uh, basically sum that up though in the movie It's called assault with a pistol bourbon and a sports car.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, I mean, there was, Cary Grant had his wit in this movie, so I, I, I gave it to him. I I don't really have, I, I, uh, oh yeah, I do have one. Um, really? What were you doing trying to climb down Mount Rushmore? <laughs> I mean, seriously, of all the things in this movie.
1: And how did she not get a run in her stocking?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I One of the other things that really took me out of this movie was she's climbing down Mount Rushmore. In high heels holding an urn and her clutch. Yeah. Her purse. Her purse. Uh, hey, the purse hey, on her wrist. hey, Harry, Harry, I don't have any free hands because <laughs> I'm carrying shit I don't need. Also I'm in high heels. And she had white gloves on. Well, those are mountain climbing. Those yeah. were the these were the but, prototypes of Spider Man gloves.
1: But I mean that's that isn't any different than um, I know. You know, that's uh, just that's what's her name. Um, what's what's Ron Howard's daughter's name there that was in Jurassic Park? Her running around in high heels,
0: something Howard Bryce Howard, Bryce Dallas, Dallas Buyers Club, yeah, Howard,
1: yeah. or um, <laughs> the 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 replacement for um Megan Fox in the Transformers 2 running around in a white shirt and a white pair how dare, of jeans how, how and dare they you never get dirty how dare you the entire time how so, dare yeah, you how dare i that
0: was not transformers 2 oh i don't it was which, transformers 3 oh, transformers 3 <laughs>
1: whichever um but anyway you yeah shit on a movie was- <laughs> you better pick the right
0: fucking movie
1: <laughs> okay all right God so we are
0: transformers movies are works of art fart did you say works
1: of fart no i did, did- not Okay. Is he a soda jerk? Yeah. Yeah. No. Okay. he, could be. he he's, could be. He's a
0: jerk for sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I do like that line. No,
0: I'm a soda jerk.
1: <laughs> I do like that line where he's saying, how do we know this stuff isn't real? Well, we know you're an authentic idiot. <laughs>
0: there are, I. there's lots of good, good lines. parts of this movie. Good Good
1: yes. funny lines. Okay. So we're down to three favorite
0: scenes. Yeah. You got to go first here.
1: I do. Okay. So um, I have the auction house scene. Okay. Um especially at the end when he's trying to get get caught, it's it's pretty funny. Although I could see Jimmy Stewart do that scene too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, I have the scene um, where he's getting arrested for drunk driving. I thought that that was pretty funny. Um, he does a very good drunk. As far as that's concerned. But I saw something today that is hysterical. So if you get a chance to, I I might, I'll probably try to find it and put it in the show notes. Um, They spliced the scene of Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween picking up the phone. Um, And that scene from North by Northwest. So she's picking up and she's going, hello, hello. And he's, mother, (laughs) and he's, so she hangs up on him and he picks it up again and it's him and it's 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 really funny that's I, good i can't do it well but
0: i like it but
1: anyway that's a bonus um and then i think that the dining car scene between Eva Marie saint and cary grant because i think it's just done very well and she's you know that's your first real introduction to her as a character um okay. other than being in the you know uh being interviewed by the police but that whole scene was kind of set up well and she's very comes across as very charming um you know classy
0: gotcha uh my number three scene was the scene in the police car after he gets arrested at the auction house
1: <laughs> uh, yeah because okay.
0: they're like yep. come on buddy sit down and he's like well haven't you you've done it you've and he's all proud of himself and then they're like yeah hello yeah Okay, because whoa, 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 where are we going? It? <laughs> it went from "I got the world by the balls" to "ow my nuts," and <laughs> and I, I just the dialogue was very good too because he's like, "Look, it's me," and the guy's like, "Well, I'll be look at that, Harry." It really it was it was funny the way they wrote it. Uh, my second scene was the auction house scene because, um, it was good. Yeah, my this scene it's not relevant really to this to the movie, but I was really impressed with the way it looks after he. Has his mishap at the UN? The scene where it shows the person running out from the UN to the car. Yeah. It almost looked like a cartoon, but it wasn't a cartoon. It
1: looked like a scale model
0: to me. It did. It, yeah, it no. was. It was so fucking cool. It would have been really neat to have seen that how, on the theater. Yeah. Or how it was made. I, I don't know why it struck me the way it did. Um, my least favorite scene was the end. <laughs> um, I hate. I hate. I. I I'm sorry. It just. That's probably what took me. What it didn't ruin the movie for me, but writing themselves into the corner. Yeah. I wanted. I wanted to make this at the end. So at the end, he's hanging, and Martin Landau's um, character is standing on his hand, and all of a sudden he just goes. You hear? Yeah. And he falls, and then you see like nine guys, eighty-seven miles away. The, and the guy goes, well, That doesn't really seem fair. You using real bullets now, does it? Um, nobody had a rifle, <laughs> nobody had a missile launcher. They were, pit- I would, ugh. all right, anyway.
1: I have a couple honorable mentions.
0: No, it's the three, okay.
1: Um, one of them is the scene between Martin Landau, um, and and the, the guy playing Van Damme, James Mason, okay, when he's confronting her about, um, are confronting him about the fact that she's not to be trusted because she used blanks in the gun because you don't know what that's leading up to and okay. you really think that he's going to double cross him. Um, although, it, even though you have an inkling that there is something in the ugly statue that they bought at the the auction, it is a bad um, bad exposition yeah. for the fact that there's microfilm in the in the statue. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think the tension. If you had never seen a Anything about this prior to um, probably would have been a, a pretty good tense scene. Okay. So, um, my other um, honorable mention is the um, the credit sequence in the beginning. Saul How, Bass.
0: Saul Bass did those credits. Aren't they amazing?
1: <laughs> Aren't they amazing? Um, they just the way it blended into the building when they faded into the actual um, action and establishing shots. Was, yeah, that was, was, pretty, really, was really it. Was it was pretty cool. cool. Yeah okay all right so I guess I have a question for you what is it oh I have i have I have two I guess yeah uh, you do would you watch this again
0: to answer your question I have to say a few things uh oh I think this movie was expertly made I think it was extremely well acted no no don't just okay I'm just I, I think I'm trying
1: to prepare for whatever's gonna come my way here. I think
0: when, when anybody says that this is on the top 100 movies list I, I get it I totally understand it. I will not watch this movie again. Okay. I, I it needed it needed to be about twenty minutes shorter. There were several things that should have been cut out. Uh do you know how much and how do you know how much of the final film was edited? No. Five five feet. Five feet of the footage that they put together was edited out and that ended up being 8 so seconds. So
1: infinitely more than David or infinitely less than David Fincher.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. I just there's just I I liked it. I did like it. But I'm not if it's on in the background, I'll watch it as I walk by. I I but I won't I just There were just too many things that were a little corny because of the time it was made. And honest to God, the climbing down fucking Mount Rushmore, I know it's iconic, but I'm sitting there the whole time. And you were asleep, so I couldn't even make fun of it (laughs) while I was watching it, which just really pissed me off. I had so many one-liners that I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh, I'll just let her sleep. She'll watch it tomorrow. Because I didn't want you to wake up because you'd been asleep for about... 25 or 30 minutes so (laughs) so you would have woken up and gone what the fuck's happening um no so i i i I don't think i will i really don't think i will okay would you go to
1: mount rushmore
0: i've always wanted to go to mount rushmore okay but but i'm only going to go if nicholas cage is there not carrie grant (laughs)
1: lawyer or or Mel gibson um back to family guy no
0: that's peter guy that's peter griffin yeah
1: yeah Back to, back to the Family Guy ripoff of, of North by Northwest. Okay, so the only question left is what is going to be... It's, it's your choice. I do Now don't, it's your turn. I so don't have an answer for you. Are you going to pick? You don't have I don't have an answer for you because... You've my, had weeks to prepare. I don't understand.
0: My list is really <laughs> starting to dwindle. And some of the movies on this list, you are not going to want to watch.
1: Well, let's keep in mind the the premise of the show, right? We're we're stepping out of each other's comfort zones and trying to watch movies and understand. If we don't like them, we at least learn to appreciate them, right?
0: Okay, uh, man,
1: never heard of that movie.
0: Yeah, it's uh, a ha- Howie Mandel Walk, walk <laughs> Like a Man. Um, I, I don't know, but ironically, there's two Denzel Washington movies on my list. There's two Tom Hanks movies on my list. There are two Bruce Willis movies on my list. You got a lot of range. I well, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, you want you want to watch a comedy, an action, or a drama? Oh
1: Lord, do we have dice? Um, oh, dude, hold on. Oh, we do. Gamer geek,
0: do we have dice? <laughs> How many of what type dice would you like, dear? We just
1: need a, a um, something with three.
0: You don't. There is no, three-sided no three There's sided. dice. There's no three sided. There's a four sided. There's a six sided. So one and two, three and four, five and six.
1: Okay. So we have three choices. So one and three is comedy. Okay. Two and four is drama. And what was the third choice? How about
0: one and two is comedy, three and four is drama, and five and six is action. Okay, action's high, Comedy's low, low. as
1: it is. So All four,
0: right. so it's a drama. It's a drama. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I guess um, I guess we're gonna watch Castaway.
1: Wilson.
0: That's the only real drama that's on here. Well, no, no, I take that. Well, there's... Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of that one either. I already said Castaway, so... All right. Castaway.
1: Castaway it is.
0: You've never seen that, right?
1: Ship Things by FedEx. I've seen small portions of it, but I've never seen the entire movie. Are you
0: interested in seeing it at all?
1: I'll watch it if you pick it. That's fine. Cool. I'm cool. All
0: right. I'm cool. Castaway it is. I'm actually
1: not cool, but... Just as a general vibe. I think she's cool.
0: I'm not cool. I think so.
1: Even though my hair has some green in it now, that was totally by accident.
0: I think she's cool. All right. So pitch us out of here.
1: All right. So thank you for listening to another episode of Honey, You Should Watch This. Uh, We are on social media on Instagram and Twitter. Um, Both handles are at HoneyWatchThis. Um, if you would uh, are listening to us and want to subscribe, please do. We are on all major podcast platforms that I know of. Um, and if you want to look at our back catalog of episodes of which we are at almost 50, um, you can go to honey. you should watch this.podbean.com. Uh, we do um, videotape much to my chagrin um, and post these uh, podcasts on YouTube as well. So please search for honey, you should watch this um, to find our channel. And I think that's it. If you are on Apple podcast um, and want to give us a rate and review, um, that would be just swell. Um, if you are a podcaster and would like to join us um, to talk about a movie and pick a movie for us, um, you are more than welcome to just kind of reach out to us, uh, DM us on uh, either of our social channels, um, or send a message through our Podbean website. Um, and I think that's it. I that think that is it. everything. That was a long list of things to remember, yes, but it was. I think I got them all.
0: I think you did. E. all right we'll see you next week on a deserted island with a soccer ball
1: Wilson! it's not a soccer ball spalding the name is spalding
0: my name's is voight damn it <laughs>